Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, we are live from the Strickland YouTube channel. And if you're listening to the audio version of this later, the Strickland Podcast Network, I am Sam. I'm joined by Schwinny Poo. Schwinn, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm good. I am, uh, you know, I'm enjoying uh, our win from last night. And uh, I, you know, just trying to figure out exactly how... um, how to evaluate all our young players, the scales we have to judge all of them on. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, the star of last night, obviously, and I, I went into this on the post game was Emmanuel quickly, twenty seven and seven, already on triple double watch on game two. Um, shot pretty well from the field. I felt like he played the game with um, more pace and like more control than he did in the first game. Um, there wasn't really a lot of ill advised shots. Um, he was finding guys um, at the right time, including like guys like Obi. He found him a couple of times. He found um, Derek Rose open in the corner. So, you know, just a pretty great overall game from him as well as a collection of our players. I think we finished with like six guys in double figures. It was. Yeah. Yeah. It was, well, it was quickly RJ Randall Brunson Rose and Obi. Yeah. So, yeah. It was pretty balanced. I mean, that's the, that's the biggest thing. I, and actually like both games, you're seeing this where like the first game quickly was awful. RJ was terrible. Obi really didn't get into the game at all. And I think like we've still, well, we had 108 in regulation. Um, we had multiple contributors, right? We had Brunson contributed R- Randall contributed, even though RJ had a terrible game. He did have like what? 13 points. I think uh, cam had 22 off the bench. You know, Fournier had, I don't know, whatever the fuck it was, like 15. But you're seeing, like, all these guys kind of, like, the depth. The entire thing we talked about was the depth of this team, right? The depth of this team. There are so many guys that can contribute. And last year, we thought the same thing. But obviously, like, Kemba was terrible. Randall was, you know, look, I'm not here to, like, praise Julius Randall for two games of just being fine and solid. I mean, he was really good against Memphis. He was okay yesterday. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not going to praise him for that, but like that's a vast improvement over whatever he was doing last year. Um, And like Mitch is in shape, right? Like Hartenstein is whatever. I have issues with like some of the stuff he's been doing, which, you know, is some of it is like, he has to get used to his teammates. They have to get used to him. Um, But like, he's way better than whatever we were getting from Noel to start of last year. But we our depth last year just ended up not being, what we thought it was going to be because like, so, and Rose missed so much time last year. Right. So it's like all this depth we had, so many of those guys crumbled and this year just feels different because one, they're all healthy now for the most part, except for Grimes, which is like hilarious because Grimes, when he comes back, he's going to be in the rotation some way, somehow, I don't know who's going to drop out. It'll be, I mean, I have an idea who's going to drop out. And I think the people that, are really <laughs> mad about Emmanuel quickly are going to change their target real soon. Um, but like, I just think like Brunson, he, he gives, he like solidifies our depth in so many ways. Uh, and then like, obviously you're hoping that our young guys can chip in too. Um, so it's just like, it's, I don't know. It, it's just really nice to like see, that part of it, at least through very I mean what it's like two games. So take it for what it's worth, but like, it's, it's just nice to see that depth pay off. 
Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I mean, it's just a matter of like how Thibs utilizes the depth as well. Cause you can have depth, but if it isn't utilized the correct way, um, then, then what's the point of it? And I think so far Thibs has done a pretty okay job. I think, what do you, how do you feel about how, what Thibs has done? Because I feel like um, he did some interesting things yesterday in terms of like using Brunson and IQ as a backcourt, both with the bench as well as with the starters. That was something that I really harped on last night in the post game. Um, and I thought that was very interesting because I felt like that was a, that that's at least the starting lineup, the starting backcourt I would have wanted to, to start the season. But for obvious reasons that that's not what we'll get, but I did like to see that lineup being used and he did some other funky things as well. But how did you feel? How do you feel about Thibs so far this year? Uh, I mean, we're going to, we talked about it. We recorded a uh, pod circle this morning. We talked about it then, but um, I'm going to be honest. I think he's done a good job. I actually like what I like. The only thing I can really say that I not even saying I'm upset about it, but like that I'd like him to do is stagger a little bit more. But aside from that, like, I'm genuinely, like, pretty happy with what he's done so far. Um, I think he deserves a ton of credit for sticking with Reddish uh, at the start of the season. I know Grimes got hurt, but, like, Reddish was, I don't care what people, like, his crazy, intense stand base wants to say. Like, he was terrible in preseason, and you can tell me it's because quickly didn't pass the ball or he's standing in the corner and he's not look whatever the hell it is doesn't matter. He was terrible in preseason. I I I think we both we both said this. I'm pretty sure, but like I would have been completely. I think he would have been completely justified just cutting the rotation to nine to start the season. I think he would have been completely justified. That's exactly what I expected. Yeah, and so I think he deserves a lot of credit for sticking with Reddish. Um, obviously, he played really well against Memphis. I know a lot of people are like he didn't play well yesterday. I agree, he didn't play well yesterday. But like, if that's the worst performance, like. That's like an acceptable bad performance. Like he didn't sink you. He didn't do unbelievably stupid shit. He took a few bad shots. Okay. That's fine. Like that's the reason you have him is like you're, you have like to get somebody to improve their habits, you're going to have to deal with them doing their bad habits for a little bit. Like the goal is that over time that you can cut that stuff down. You know, like it's not like Andrew Wiggins went to the Warriors and immediately was like, okay, I'm a really good, like, 3 and D attack closeouts wing. Like, no, that's not what happened. It took, like, you know, a year and a half. Like, it took time for him to really develop into, like, this key starter for them. Um, And so, like, I'm not saying Reddish is going to have the same exact arc, but, like, that's what you have to deal with, and I'm fine with that. Like, and so I think he deserves a ton of credit for that. I think he deserves a ton of credit for sticking with him at the end of the Memphis game because we've seen Tibbs before go back to his starters and not ride the hot hand. And like, I think I would have understood it. I mean, because of who he is, if he didn't do that, but he went against his nature in a way and stuck with Reddish, a player who we know last year he was not particularly enamored with. Um, he said, everybody gets a clean slate to this point. He's been honest with it. I can deal with it. Like I, I, I'm good with that. I think he deserves credit for like quickly. He's been the first guard off the bench. Basically every single game going back to preseason, not Derrick Rose. Mm-hmm. I think he deserves credit for that. Um, because like my biggest concern with bringing Rose back was that it was going to be the same exact kind of hierarchy and that would cut Quickly's minutes. I think he deserves credit for that. Uh, I didn't, I didn't, I know there were a lot of people that are upset. He didn't go back to OB in the Memphis game. 
I'm going to be honest. I didn't have a problem with it. Like Obi didn't have a good game. Not that Evan was amazing, but Evan was better than Obi in that game. Um, and for one game, I'm not going to get on him for it. If that continued over the course of the season, that's a problem. But like for one game, I'm not going to kill him for that. And yesterday, he played the bench a bunch, you know. And yeah, he brought the starters back in for a little bit at the end. I'm not sure why he decided to do that, but like, I'm not going to crush him for that. He played the bench a ton. He rode them in the second half when they clearly blew the like they the starters kind of got the game to a little dicey point, and then the bench just blew it back out. And uh, he rode them mostly to what like the last four minutes, and then he brought the starters back in for whatever reason for mm-hmm. for a little bit. But like, yeah, I I think he deserves a lot of credit. I think he's been pretty good this year the knicks are playing faster you know um for sure i think that's like definitely a change and I, look, I, if i'm gonna kill the guy when he's doing things that i hate I am, I, i'm not gonna kill him when he does things that i think are legit positive and kind of in line with what i was hoping he would do so i think he des- deserves credit and i think like look me and you have both been pretty skeptical that he would like do the things that allegedly he was gonna do but if this is what we're gonna get from him like I'm I'm good with that. I think he again, like I hate to keep banging this drum, but like yeah, I think he deserves a, a legit amount of credit for what we've seen so far. Granted, it's early, and again, we'll see how he reacts to like how does he react if we have a three game losing streak. You know, those are the things we don't know. But for right now, I think you got to be pleasantly surprised with how he's handled everything. Yes, and to that point of how he handles things, um, it, that is a key thing because last year when things really got like really bad, we saw like just like Thibs like just go into like this basically like a survival mode, and like he just like immediately was like not taking any BS, just like not playing who he needed to play until like um, the season was basically over at that point. But yeah, it would be interesting to see how he adjusts because. Last year, we started off pretty well, and then things came crumbling down, and then we saw Thibs rear his ugly head. So it's going to be interesting to see how that um, transpires. We do got some co- questions coming in. Swin, do you see any that piques your your attention so far? I can't see anything in the chat for some reason. You so. cannot. Okay, so I will bring up the first question. Um, Jordan Bub asks, what are some concerning signs you saw through the first two games? Um. I would probably say like I again I am trying very hard to give everybody a clean slate just like my favorite my favorite head coach Tom Thibodeau um but like I don't think Randall has been bad I think he was flat out good against Memphis I thought I'd basically no issue with his performance in that game uh in each game though there have been stretches where he does the whatever iso julia stuff that we saw from last year bring the ball up, slow it down, that kind of thing. I would, I'm would, i not sure that's even that concerning, but it's like, obviously, that's not what you want. Um, so that's something to keep keep track of. Hartenstein is weird. Like, I don't know. He, he's just something about him on the defensive glass I'm a little bit worried about. But to his credit, I think in the last, in, in the preseason, it was a bigger problem. In the last two regular season games, I actually think he's been better about boxing out, um, keeping his man off the glass. Hopefully that continues and gets better. Um, I would also maybe I look, let's be honest, like RJ hasn't made a jumper. I don't know how concerning that should be through two games, but like that's a thing. Like 
pretty sure that if you have a starting three that isn't making any threes in the NBA, that's usually a problem. So that's not something that you want. Um, and I don't know, like other than that, I, I feel like I would have probably said a little bit concerned about the bench after the first game, but it feels like maybe they just need, maybe they just needed to get, get right game. And Detroit was that get right game because forgetting the opponent, like they just looked like they were in a good rhythm yesterday and against Memphis, like, I don't know. It just seemed like they were totally out of whack. They were not on the same page. That is not how they played yesterday. They played very much in sync. They moved the ball around. Um, contrary to popular belief, everybody did touch the ball in that unit. Uh, and um, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I'm not that concerned about anything yet. I Again, like, I, I guess you could harp on, like, I wish Tibbs would stagger a little bit more. But like, even that, like, he's played iq with brunson a pretty decent amount the first couple games so again credit to him and like that's something we'll need to keep track of but you know other than that i don't know i I think i'm pretty happy with like the state of the team at this point in time uh it would be nitpicking i think to be too concerned about anything um i'll nitpick a little um (laughs) um, the 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 thing about staggering there was certain stretches where like certain players were just on the court for like yeah way too long hartenstein was one in the first game against memphis you have, jericho, you have jericho sims on your bench i think it would be i mean i think it would be more beneficial to give him a little bit of a run just to give um sim i mean um, not sims hartenstein a breather because mitch was in foul trouble um and it was a stretch yesterday where emmanuel quickly i think jeff pointed out he played like 17 straight minutes in the second, the second half, half yeah. yeah yeah i mean i guess like I wouldn't be, I see, I'm not that concerned about that because I feel mm. like that was a game, like, it'd be different if it was a closer game. Mm, okay. Because, because like, in a close game, if he's a, if he's fatigued after playing 17 straight minutes, that can cost you. Whereas yesterday, it was kind of like, it was a blowout, so he's just mm-hmm. like, okay, I'll just, whatever, he can just fucking stay out there. It's fine. Like, it's, like, we're not going to lose this game, so not a big deal. But I, I agree, like, look, that's the stuff that, we're talking, when you're, like, we talked about staggering, like, that's the one thing that I still am really concerned about. But for right this minute, right now, I think it's fine. It's acceptable. And and the Memphis, the Memphis game was just so weird where it's like, yeah, I agree. Like, Hardenstein played about 40 minutes in that game, which is insane. Um, but, like, Mitch was in foul trouble. And I think it'd be – I don't want to say it'd be wrong to, but it's like it's hard – as a coach, you're trying to make this comeback in the second half. It's hard to be like Hartenstein is helping us make this comeback, but I need to buy him a minute here. Like, I don't know. It's just, it would have been really hard. I think to, to manage that. I'm not saying maybe, maybe he should have done it anyway. I'm just a little bit more like, I understand it. I, I understand it. Uh, Cause I had the same thought too, with like, he played reddish a bunch of three minutes at the end of that game. RJ played a shit ton of minutes straight at the end of that game. Uh, I thought one of those guys, maybe both those guys could have used the blow at some point. I know quickly didn't have a great game offensively. He had a flat out bad game offensively, but like I thought defensively, he could still have given you something. For sure. Uh, And, and I've just generally liked how those lineups with him and Brunson have looked in the minutes we've seen of them in preseason and now regular season. Yeah, for sure. Um, Let's get to another question. We have YC who says, what do you think is causing Randall's current improved style of play? And do you think it'll continue? Oh man, he's just smiling. He's a happy fucking camper. <laughs> he's, so ga- happy. he's gathering the guys for a yeah, huddle. Yeah, he's gathering for a huddle. No, look, I think 
I think what look, I don't none of us know what the hell was going on with him fucking last year, right? Um, he was a mess. He was all over the place. Um, he's definitely in a better mental space right now, better headspace. That it, there's no doubt about that. Like, like I mean, it's it started early last year. That's what people like. I kind of don't know if people remember, remember like the first game of the year. Yeah, he played well, but he's making shots, and then he's yelling at the crowd, like, give me my fucking respect. And you're just like, dude, what are you talking about right now? <laughs> um, so he was, like, in a bad space last year. I think the fact that Kemba sucked didn't help it for whatever reason. I'm not even saying, not even saying that's justifiable. I'm just saying for whatever reason, that didn't help it. And, look, Brunson, I, look, I think these guys know Brunson's the best player on the team. That's the way it feels to me. Like when Brunson's like goes into his kind of bag of tricks and starts isoing and sizing guys up, doing the Houdini yeah, in the paint, it, it doesn't feel like anybody is. I don't see anybody just like you know just fucking shrugging their shoulders or like mm-hmm. hand on their hips, upset. Like no, I think they're all just like, oh yeah, yeah it's it's cool. Let like, him work. Yeah, Let Brunson's him yeah, exactly. So I think like that helps, and um, I think. I, there's no way to know this. I think the fact that the organization stuck with him. Well, do I think they tried to trade him? Yeah, I'm sure they did. I'm sure they listened to offers. We know they listened to offers. We know that, like, we know that they had conversations about Julius Randle. Um, but like, there was nothing. They didn't make a big show of it, right? Like, they didn't do the Atlanta that Hawks like, thing. Uh, yeah, like, oh, just John, John Collins is for sale. Yeah, here, please take him. Um, so like, they didn't make a big show of it. I think that maybe gives him some kind of like, okay, these guys backed me. I'm sure he's, he might not have accepted. He has not accepted it publicly. He's never apologized for all the bullshit he put us through last year. Um, the organization, his teammates, coaches, and obviously fans too. Um, he has never apologized for that, but like, I'm sure he knows, he knows, like he knows he was a jackass last year. So I think the fact that the organization stuck with him, uh, maybe that means something to him and maybe that helps put him in a better place. Whatever it is, like he is in a better place. I still have my reservations about like how it all works, how it fits. I still think there's some clunkiness to it, but um, I like, I- I'm, ha- I'm happy. He's at least making the effort and uh, that doesn't mean every night's going to be great. I didn't think he had a good game last night. I thought he was really bad defensively. I thought he had some moments of like, Especially once they got up, so they were up he like twenty. Like, oh fuck this! Yeah. I'm like I'm tired of this game already. Yeah, I mean it was like they were up twenty when they came back in in the second quarter, and he decided like from that point until whenever he went out in the in the third quarter, it was like all right, this is my time to just do my Kobe impression, like I'm <laughs> getting my shots up, like whatever. But one thing I have liked, uh, very specifically, this has been consistent. I think even in preseason, is when he's getting catch and shoot opportunities. He is not he's, hesitating. He's not hesitating. And even when he passes up on the shot, he's going right into a drive. He's not pump faking jab, step, jab, step. Let me try to be Carmelo Anthony. Like he's not doing that. He he's he is either shooting it or he's grabbing and going, or he's immediately getting the ball and running to go set a dribble handoff for Evan Fournier and their weird, like obsession with playing off of each other. But um, that's fine. Like I, I can accept that. I, I think like, I got to say like, if he keeps this up, hold my hand up. I would be, I was wrong. He has adapted. He has tried to change his game. Um, cool. Bigger Great. man than me. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> wonderful. I would be, I would be thrilled. I want the Knicks to be good. I think he can help them be good 
So let's hope he does that. That's simple as that to me. What, again, like the cause of it, it might really just be as simple as Brunson's the best player on the team, and now he can accept that, and that helps him. He's like, okay, he is better than me. Cool. I will be a second option now. Like, maybe it's that simple. I don't know. Well, if he wasn't, if he didn't know he was a jackass last year, um, the crowd definitely reminded him of yes. it um, yes. <laughs> with the booze on his um, well, introduction. Well, actually, you know, the, you know what the reason is? Actually, I figured it out why his current play is improved. Um, it's because Kenny Payne is no longer here. <laughs> and uh, as Mark Berman uh, let us know, Kenny Payne was, you know, whispering mixed <laughs> messages to him, telling him that he's the man behind Tibbs's back and poor Tibbs was left to have to deal with this mess. Mark Berman's insane. Mark Berman is just enjoy the Palm Beach post, buddy. Facts. Um, let's get to Chris Bernhard. He says, would you say Thibs is adjusting is finally adjusting? Um, wait, would you say Thibs adjusting is finally him losing some stubbornness or is it the front office telling him to do so? Maybe a bit of both. Look, Tibbs is not afraid to tell a front office to go fuck themselves. We know this. Like, they literally traded a first for Cam Reddish last year, and he was like, that's great. Don't care. Not putting him in my rotation, but, like, it's just not going to happen. Um, we go back to Chicago. Like, he had a lot of his issues with management there were very public, and it was over personnel usage, whatever it was. He was, like, they traded, people forget this, so they traded two firsts. They traded two firsts to move up for Doug McDermott. And Tibbs was like, yeah, he's going to play like eight minutes a game. Like, I don't care. I don't care that he's a 23-year-old rookie and you guys think he's ready to go right now. I just simply do not care because I'm Tom Thibodeau. Um, I, so I, I think it's both, though. But like, Because I'm sure that the front office has had conversations with them. We know they did, right? We know that there was a point last year where like multiple people in the front office wanted him gone. And I would assume that Leon, you know, Leon is the reason he's, he's his execution. Here. Yeah, he's here. And I bet part of that was like, Leon was like, look, I'm keeping you here, but like, you need to play ball a little bit too, bud. Like, like we, we got to have a little best of both worlds. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, the quickly thing, I, that's the most interesting thing to me that quickly has been the first card off the bench. Um, obviously Derek Rose is his guy, but I think that's, very notable and commendable that he's done that. Um, maybe that shouldn't be commendable. Maybe that should be expected, but like we know that Tibbs and Rose have like a very special relationship. Like he was, what is he like? He was like a groomsman at Rose's wedding or something. Right. I think so. Yeah. So like there, there you have a relationship that's more than just like head coach and player. Right. Um, so I think for him to be able to bring himself to like not have Rose be the first guy off the bench and a guy that he's playing 25 minutes just to help us win game. Like, you know, like not using him as a security blanket is commendable. Um, you know, will we get to see any Obi and Randall together in the front court? Probably I don't, not. Probably not. But like, you know, if that's, if that is our biggest concern at the end of the day, that would be a fine biggest concern to have at the end of the season. Um, I, I just hope, I just want Obi to get like 20 minutes a game, man. If Obi gets 20 minutes a game and IQ plays whatever, like 25 minutes a game or whatever, and the rotations are generally kind of what we've seen so far, will that be perfect? No, but I'll be happy with that. And yeah, like I think that would be him 
not being stubborn and learning from past stuff. And then like, even, even I think what's also been interesting is um, he brought in Hartenstein pretty early in both halves yesterday. And I thought that was interesting because like we got to see Hartenstein with the starters get a decent amount of run. Mm-hmm. And obviously Hartenstein is not just like a pure rim runner like Mitch is. So that gives it a little bit more space. I thought that was an interesting look. I think that was also just not, that's like, that's just not something that he does a lot of or hasn't in the past. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's, he has to get credit for that. And I'm sure that it's a combination of both that he's begrudgingly accepting some of the things that the front office wants him to do. And maybe look, maybe he did go back and watch the film 70 times and look at all the data and was like, yeah, I guess I could do a couple of things a little bit differently. Maybe. <laughs> and we saw last year that, you know, there was a certain point in the year where they were like, Oh, Nerland's Noel. He has like plantar fasciitis and he cannot play for the rest of the year. Right. And Jericho Sims, here you go. Here are these fresh rotation minutes for you. Um, I mean, that felt we, like something that came from the front front office. Are we sure that Grimes can't play right now? Yeah, I, I don't know. He like he played that last preseason game, and then like now he's like not able to like walk again or something. Like, but didn't he, didn't he say something? He had a quote the other day that was like, "Oh, my foot feels great," and I was I, like, "I what? think I remember seeing that." Yeah, and I'm just like, "That's interesting," and it's like I don't know. Look, they again, you traded a protected first for Cam Reddish. They probably want to see him play. I get it. Um, and like if we're gonna talk about you know. Oh, guys got to play if you want to trade them. Like, I don't know. Evan Fournier has got to get some minutes if we want to trade him. So just saying, just saying. <laughs> He's been the starter that's played the least through the two games. He has. Yeah, he has. So, so that is an interesting point. I, I, aside from Mitch, but Mitch's is more about foul trouble, right? So it's not yeah. yet. Which he, he, yeah. he weirdly said in the, like that Monica McNutt thing, um on media day where he was like you know i'm I'm working on being more disciplined and whatnot yeah. and it's just like <laughs> dude you know no you're not <laughs> um ad read time nba fans the wait is over basketball is back so tip off the season with DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nba New customers can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings to 100% with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and place a stepped-up same-game parlay today. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. Um, Schwinn, any matchup you like? today tomorrow nba wise uh i do not bet nba during the first week of the season uh smart so i um you know i i'm holding off uh i could look real quick though let me see let's see if there's anything i like um give me a second it is loading the (laughs) internet here uh i know you got oh this is great great Great, great work here. Uh, all right, look. Let's see game. Okay, we're getting there. Okay. Uh, I there are kinda, some okay matchups. I kind of, I kind of like Cleveland minus two at Chicago. Okay, okay. Starting uh, off one one. Need a win. Need a win. Chicago's on a back to back. No, it's early in the season. I don't know if Levine's playing tonight. That might be why there it's only two, but kind of like that one. Um, 
Kings maybe plus two and a half. I didn't think the Clippers looked that great yesterday or the other day. They did Lakers. not. And I know the Kings lost to the Blazers opening night. Opening night's always weird for every team. The first game of the season is always weird for every team. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That one just kind of feels like eh, Clippers still figuring shit out. And... No Wall, no Kawhi. Yeah, right. Because they're so... playing. It's a bad. They have a back to back, right? So it's like yeah. they're skipping the first game. Yeah, I, that one. Gonna do that. Kings are at home. They're getting two and a half points. Maybe money line that one. Uh, those are probably the two I'm looking at. If oh, I was yeah. betting, I'm not betting. I just want everybody to know I'm not betting this. I don't bet the first week of NBA. Um, but if I were to bet, those are the two. Also, I lied because I did live bet the Golden State game yesterday. But that's different. I can live betting is different. You're watching the game. Yeah, you see, it's like you see the momentum. You're like, and eh, you know what? Might as well. Yeah, it's that's different. But I don't, I don't bet from from the beginning. Mm. Uh, uh, for for first week of NBA. So. Well, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN, as you see in the corner of your screen right there. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes or show description for details. Hilarious enough that I am the one doing a betting ad read <laughs> Schwinn, as you know why that's hilarious and anyone that follows me knows why that is hilarious um but yeah let's get back to some questions um or we got a comment here pardeep chalal says i don't have a question but it's so nice having an actual point guard initiating the offense uh i agree it is nice to have an actual point guard initiating the offense pardeep uh long time no talk buddy um it's uh you know i agree it is good it's it's like it's it sounds so stupid to say like oh true point guard but i don't even think it's about true point guard it's just like these guys know that he can get them buckets mm-hmm. and like the end of the memphis game was the big one cuz at the end of that game that was like we would have collapsed at the end of that game last year uh like i love Emmanuel quickly i love rj barrett i love all these guys but like i don't think they ha- they don't have the half court shot making and just kind of like the calmness. Place. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The poise. That's a good that's the that's the correct word. Um that like Brunson brings. And yeah, like he can make tough shots, but he can also get quality shots for himself and for others. And we saw that at the end of the Memphis game. Defenses have to pay attention to him. They have to tilt defenses toward him at the end of games, too. That creates openings for other guys to take advantage of. Uh and also, man, I just think he's tough. Like he's taken already, I think he's taken three charges. So uh, he's willing to put his body like on the line. I'm pleasantly, I'm happy with his defense. Is he a lockdown defender? No, I think he competes. I think he fights. And as long as you're doing that, I can live with that. Um, that's all you can ask for. Yeah, that's all you can ask for. He, he's, he's drawn. So they've played, obviously, the, the Pistons in preseason. They played them in the regular season. He's forced an offensive foul now on Cade on post-ups twice, once in each oh, wow. game, because he, Cade can't move him. Then he like wrapped his hand right. He hooked him twice, mm. and the ref caught it. So that's twice that he's uh, he's he's gotten that call. Um, and yeah, man, he's he's strong as hell, and he's confident. I just think he's look. He's they paid what 100, 104 million dollars. Like yeah, well well fucking worth it. I mean, after seeing DeAndre Hunter get like freaking ninety five million dollars, that's like nothing at this point. Um, but yeah, I agree. I definitely I think. I mean, I was like super high on um, Emmanuel quickly 
um, starting at point guard this year. But I will take Jalen Brunson and having Emmanuel Quickly off the bench because, you know, having two stable guards is better than having just one. So I'll take it. Um, Schwinn, I think you froze. But I will get to the next question. Hawkeye420 says, guys, have the Knicks been aesthetically pleasing to watch so far? Hmm. That's actually a great question in terms of, I mean, I would say certain players have been aesthetically pleasing. Um, Obi has been aesthetically pleasing. I will say um, Cam Reddish in that first game with all the scoop layups and um, the Euro steps. Definitely probably the most aesthetically pleasing player on the court as to why that's why so many people are fawning over him. Um, who else I would say? Jalen Brunson has somewhat of an aesthetically pleasing game, I would say. Um, and I don't know. I mean, as a whole, the team hasn't been aesthetically pleasing because I just don't think that they've been um, – they've gelled together and they haven't played cohesive basketball for a full like 48-minute 40, stretch. Um, I would say the second um, half of the Memphis game was a good example of some aesthetically pleasing basketball. Um, but yeah, I think so far the Knicks have been okay. There's some things that they can improve on, of course, because, you know, it's still early in the year. But um, yeah, I think they've been okay. I wouldn't say aesthetically pleasing yet. I, I do get where this con- this um, this question comes from, as there has been some debates and arguments on twitter.com about how players are how players look when they are getting their points ash when is back sorry i don't know why my internet dropped um yeah all right next one here we go i i answered this one but you can answer it too have the knicks been aesthetically pleasing to watch so far in spurts in spurts they've been aesthetically pleasing to watch um yeah i think we will get a game where they it like all clicks and that will be great we'll probably also get a couple games where they look terrible um i mean look the memphis game i thought they just looked awful the entire first half uh i didn't and some of that was maybe just first game jitters like Mm -hmm. whatever um because they just it didn't it wasn't just that they were bad it's like they didn't they weren't doing anything like they were just not like on the same page at all it was just bad and this has been Yesterday was awesome, obviously, for the bench, especially. Um, the starters start the starters defense is you know what? It's a good we won the weekend. <laughs> not gonna not gonna not gonna try and shit on it too much. I'm I'm a little concerned about the starters defense, but uh hopefully that is where young Quentin will step in at some point. Hopefully. Hopefully. Um yeah. People are asking, where did you get your shirt? Uh, this is a Ralph Polo Loren shirt. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, guess, bye, bye, Ralph Polo, guess. Uh, what player on the roster that kept a long-term injury would derail the next season in your eyes? Uh, I mean, there's probably a couple, but Brunson's probably the big one, right? Yeah, I mean, for sure. I don't know how they... Because if Brunson gets injured... I don't even want to know what the hell Tibbs is going to do. <laughs> I really don't want to know. Are we going to get like point cam point reddish? 
Uh, oh my gosh. Point, point OB. Like, who knows where he goes? Because um, the only thing we know for sure is that it won't be quickly. That's the one thing we know for a fact will not happen. We point Deuce and he'll get mad that he's not good. Be like, what the hell? Like, why isn't he just, why isn't he pressuring the rim? Like, Tibbs, he's played like seven minutes this year. Can't just start him. It's not how it works. Um, yeah, probably it's it's Brunson. Brunson's definitely the the one for sure, right? I, I don't know. Yeah, I think yeah, definitely Brunson. Um, just because, like you said, we know Emmanuel quickly is not going to start at point guard. Um, Dibs had every single chance in the world last year. God gifted him like on a platter. Here's this opportunity to start Emmanuel quickly. He did not. Um, that OKC game comes to mind where he started Deuce. Um, but yeah, he just refused to start Emmanuel quickly, and just I don't want to see what ha- what would happen. If that does happen, if that does happen, um, but yeah, I think it, it's definitely Brunson. Um, Paul Park says Hart hasn't shown me yet that he deserves a de facto slot above Sim so far. Hmm. Um, I don't disagree with that, but like he, look, he, I think he was really good against Memphis. Like he deserves credit for that for sure. Um, he got bullied a bit at times, but I was cool with. How oh, you played in that game? Um, I think uh, it's so tough. Like, it's not Sims's fault. Mm-hmm. It's not literally like, but like, Hartenstein is going to get the shot over him for right now. What needs to happen is if Hartenstein plays poortly, then Sims should get a chance. Definitely. Like it, it can't be a situation where like even if Hartenstein is bad for like the first 20 games, let's say. And I'm not saying he has been bad. So if anybody's like, oh my God, he's saying he's been bad. I, I'm gonna be honest, like I he drives me absolutely crazy some of some of the things he does, but like he's not been bad at all the first two games of the season. Um I harbor concerns, but like he's not been bad. If he plays like this, he's gonna stay in the rotation and he'll have earned it. But like if he's not good and we're 20 games in. 15, 20 games in, then, like, yeah, I think Sims absolutely should get a spot. So, in the sense of, like, has Hartenstein earned it? Like, no, he hasn't earned it yet because we've only played two games. But, like, I get why he's ahead of Sims right now. And, you know, I think Sims will still get opportunities. Like, we saw Mitch get into foul trouble first game of the season. Hartenstein has been his notoriously foul-prone. That was a major issue for him in with LA. And I think we've already seen in New York that he does have issues with that. Um, so Sims is going to get opportunities and kind of like cam, right? It's like when you get your opportunity, just take advantage of it, just capitalize on it. And I'm not saying that that means that, you know, if he gets 10 games, he kills it because Mitch is out that when Mitch comes back, Mitch would be out of the rotation. I'm just saying like, you gotta, it's about like when you get that chance taking advantage of it to the point where it's either undeniable or us as fans will be mad about it. Cause we're like, he's clearly playing better than Hardenstein. Get him in the game. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. He, he's, I get it. Like I get the question. I just don't know. Like, I mean, he hasn't shown me yet, but it's very early. And if he continues playing at the level he has the first couple of games, I will be completely fine with that. Yeah, I think I'm on the same page as you. It's not something that, you know, 
I'm not going to be like banging my hand, my banging my fist on the table like I was last year for like Emmanuel quickly to get minutes just because we haven't just gotten to that part in the point in the season yet. Um, but yeah, I'm just on the same page with you. I don't think it's something that is going to bother me until it's something that I see that's per- pers- persistent and pertinent for the rest of the, the year. Um, Anthony and pasta and pasto and pasta. Am I saying that right? Impostado. Impostado. There we go. Anthony Impostado says, will Stephen A. Smith stop calling us Southpaw Central if we win 45 plus games this season? Is that what he's been calling us? I have no idea. I've been like, I've tuned out Stephen A. Smith. I blocked him on Twitter. I just like have no (laughs) desire to see any part of his existence. Didn't you have a Facebook thing with him? Yes, I had. (laughs) Yeah, I had an interaction with him (laughs) through Facebook Live. Where he called me out, but um, <laughs> yeah, I don't want anything to do with the dude anymore. He's annoying as a Knicks fan. He makes us look terrible. He's like the ultimate "woe is me" person. Yeah, so, I, yeah. I, I just don't, I don't really understand what what he gets out of that. Uh, I mean, I guess I do. He gets on a bigger ch- and, paycheck. Yeah, I guess he, maybe that's what it is. Uh, will he stop calling us? I don't think Stephen A is incapable of. He's not going to say anything good about the Knicks. Like, if they win 48 games and then they lose in the first round in, like, six games to, I don't know, Philly, he'll be like, what a disgrace this team is. Like, he'd still be upset about it. So will he stop calling us Southpaw Central? Maybe for, like, three days. As soon as anything bad happens, he'll go back to just shitting on also, that's kind of like a fire nickname, by the way. It's kind of central. Like, yeah, I kind of like that. That's it's cool. <laughs> we, can we can we can we steal that and use that for the Strickland? Yeah, let's. We're stealing that. We're gonna put that on a shirt. <laughs> yeah, Southpaw Central, and just have like the. Uh, do we really want to include one of those people on the shirt if we do that? <laughs> I don't know. Heart inside, right? You don't want heart inside on the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Um Jake Seelig says, What do you guys want to see from the rotations once Grimes comes back? Okay, this is a pretty good question. I like this one. I want Grimes in over Fournier, and I'm good with that. That's what I and want. And pretty much keep everything else the same. Yeah, I look, I I like I want to see Cam with that second unit. I like the length he gives us. Like Rose quickly, Grimes. It's fine. Probably would be really good on offense. Feels a little small defensively. Doesn't feel like you have enough length. I think Reddish with that unit, I like it. They get out and run more. That's what he needs. He needs to get out on the open floor. Um, I like his length with that group. Quickly, him, Obi. That's and even Hardenstein's a big dude. Like you got a lot of length now. Uh, you can do some interesting things defensively. I I I like that group. I want to keep it together, and I want Cam to get fucking minutes. We traded a protected first for this guy. Like. He needs to, we need to be legit and like try to make the most of that investment. And it's funny because actually that first might not end up being a first round pick anymore uh, because Charlotte might just suck forever. But like, like you gave up an asset to get him. You need to make it worth your while. You need to try to really like, you know, protect your investment in a way or make the most of it. So yeah, I want to see him there. And I think Grimes... Again, the starters defense, I am very, a little bit, kind of a lot of bit concerned about. Yeah, a lot of bit <laughs> yeah. concerned. Uh, um, but like, like, look, they, the Knicks went 11 of 17 in the first half from three, and Detroit decided that they just could not make any free throws. So that halftime margin, I think it was a little bit deceiving. Um, 
But like the the starting unit has not done a good job of keeping anybody out of the paint. They have constantly gone in foul trouble through two games because of it. And that's concerning. I think Grimes solidifies you in a, in that group a lot. You know, he can defend the point of attack, which means RJ doesn't have to defend the point of attack, which means RJ can now defend the second best perimeter player on the opponent team. And then you can put Brunson on the third best guy, whoever it is. Like, I, I just, it gives you more flexibility on defense. And Grimes can shoot threes. He can space the floor. Is he as good a shooter as Fournier? No, not yet. That's fine. I don't care. I don't think losing Fournier's playmaking is that meaningful either. He's like the fourth option in that group. So you're not running a bunch of offense for him anyway. So, yeah, I think um, I think that that's what I would like to see. I would like to see Grimes run with the starters. And then mostly... Other than that, I'm good. Like I think, I think ultimately they are going to trade Evan. Um, okay, that's the guy that it just doesn't. It just look like I don't know. Watching these, especially yesterday's game, watching that, I'm just like, I don't. I, I feel like I, I'm not. I'm not gonna like get up here and be like, oh my god, Evan is the worst thing that's ever happened to this fucking franchise. Um, but like, I don't think he doesn't matter to this team's long term. I don't think he moves the baseline that much in the short term anyway, if at all. And I, okay. Like if there's a team that would take him and you can just get like, I don't know, a second round pick, a couple second round picks or something. I would do that. And I, I would start Grimes. I mean, Grimes has to get healthy, obviously, but like, or healthy. Yeah, um, I was just about to say healthy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, but like once that happens, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with it. I'm that, that would be my preference. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I'm with you all the way right there with um, Grimes replacing. I mean, I've been banging the table for Grimes to start since summer league, and since you know all the rumblings came out, um, the media just decided to like randomly start bringing up every time Grimes had the ball in his hands, like, oh, Grimes could be fighting for you know a starting spot, um, in training camp over Fournier. So it felt like that was something that was just gonna happen, but we'll see how that happens now. But yeah, it feels like Fournier's just been like a dude out there like he's just like there like he he has our jersey on but it doesn't feel like he's like part of the team um yeah it's uh he's fine like i don't know i i just i can't get too worked up about fournier right now but like man he's just so soft on defense plays with no physicality it was kind of embarrassing yesterday that like detroit basically got in the game, got back in the game a little bit by because just of him. Yeah. Just attacking him. Um, so, yeah. And him and him and Randall, they had the, they were the only negative, they were only minuses in the plus minus yesterday for the yes. whole team. I know. I know. People, <laughs> it's look, it's, it's going to be, I, all I'm hoping for with that starting unit, honestly, is that they can like hold serve more or less be neutral on defense rather and just, than yeah just just hold serve and the bench will win us a bunch of games but like I mean I wish that we would try and maybe we will maybe we will I I do think he wants to start Grimes Grimes just has to get healthy and give him a reason for sure um so yeah Christopher says besides Thibs unwillingness and willingness I cannot speak anymore. 
<laughs> week of teaching will do that to you. Thib's unwillingness to start IQ. Is there an overwhelming argument that Grimes would be better in the starting lineup than IQ? Um, I think that kind of just goes basically with what we were just talking about. But yeah, I don't, I don't particularly think so. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've been a I've been an advocate for Grimes just because I felt like that was the most obvious Thibs choice. My first choice is always Emmanuel quickly to start when it's given any of the 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 one or the two, just because I think that he can do it competently. Um, and we saw yesterday IQ st- st- um, playing next to Brunson was really good for the team. Like it really helped like get the team. Good yeah. shots. Like the offense looked really great when those two were on the court together. So that that's always been my argument as to why they can both start. But we know Thibs won't start um, two small guards next to each other. He'd rather start a bigger guard that can't guard anyone, but he won't start two small guards. Yeah, I mean, I I'm with you. I don't personally see a reason why he couldn't do it. Will Tibbs do it? I mean, he hasn't actually shown that he would. Um, so I. Yeah, I, I I don't know. He, he's not going to. Is there an argument for it? Like, I think the argument would be you are worried about size. And yes. maybe you think Grimes is a better point of attack defender than, than Quickly is. So that would be the one for me. But, like, I don't think that's a super compelling argument. And I would just start Quickly over him. But I'm I'll put it this way. I'm not going to be upset though if they just start Grimes. I, I'm not like I. I think I like quickly off the bench. If quickly is the first guy off the bench and he's getting 25 minutes a night, I don't care. I really don't. Um, I'm not. He, I just want him to get minutes, man. I don't care about like the role too much. I just want him to get 25 minutes a night, and I want Obi to get 20, 22 minutes a night, and I'm happy. That's it. I'm. Not, I don't need a lot. Like I start Grimes, get those guys that those minutes off the bench, and I'm good to go. I. The rest of it is. You know, it's fine. Uh, I just need to, I just need those two things and I, and I can roll with the rest because that was my main concern coming into the season. Like, because I knew RJ was going to get a bunch of minutes. I knew Mitch would get a bunch of minutes. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know about Grimes quickly and Obi. So Grimes is starting and those guys are getting their minutes off the bench. I don't give a fuck about anything else. That's good. I'm, I'm to cool be honest. With that. Yeah. That's like my main goal. Um, we got Tyrese trolling in the comments. Um, Schwinn looks like a debt collector. Yeah. Yeah, your mom likes deck collectors, I guess. <laughs> and he said, I am streaming a parent-teacher conference. Awesome. Oh. Um, let me see. There was a question here that I wanted to pull up. Let me see. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Okay. Um, after Orlando-Charlotte um, games, out of the next seven games, Milwaukee-Cleveland at home, um, Philly-Boston, I guess, on the road, and Minnesota and New Jersey – or. Huh, New Jersey Nets. Um, how many will the Knicks win? Uh, oh, are we are we just are we penciling uh, Orlando and Charlotte in his wins? Is that what we're doing here? <laughs> I I guess so. Dangerous dangerous game with the Knicks. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's just assume those two are wins. Milwaukee. I think we beat Cleveland. I feel like that's going to be a personal game. Kind of like it, spicy. I'm going to go with that. Hopefully Evan Mobley's not back by then. Uh, hopefully Garland isn't back by then either. Um, dude, his that thing was crazy. His eye that was 
whatever. I hope he's all right. Uh, I didn't even see what happened. I, I saw what happened to Jalen Williams' eye. Like his eye just like completely got sunk in by an elbow. But yeah, that was. Ugh, hopefully he's good too. Uh, Atlanta, fuck Atlanta, will beat them. Um, <laughs> Milwaukee, Cleveland, Atlanta, Philly, Boston, at home. And then we have do we have in Minnesota and New Jersey and Jersey? I like that he said New Jersey Nets. Shout, good job. Um, yeah, yeah, that was hilarious. Is, Bucks is on the road. Cavs are on the road. Um. Hawks were at home. Sixers were on the road. Oh, I see. Okay, so it's Milwaukee. Okay, I, I see. It. You say okay, Milwaukee on the road, Cleveland on the road, Atlanta at home, Philly on the road, Boston at home, Minnesota on the road, on the road, and then we come back and play Brooklyn I'm in Brooklyn. Brooklyn. What kind of? Why are we flying to Minnesota? And then like, what the fuck? All right. Um, whoever made the schedule needs to go to hell. By the yeah, way, I think how oh, the next seven games. So okay, I like. I like Cleveland on the road. I don't know. I just like that for some reason. That feels like we've played pretty well there the last couple of years. Yeah, we didn't win last year. We played them close both times. I think we should have won one, or we played them only once in Cleveland last year. We should have won that one. Um, I think we beat them, especially because Brunson owns Donovan Mitchell. Uh, I think we beat Atlanta. We lose to Philly. We lose to Boston. Does Evan Fournier wake up that game? Yeah, he, that's true. It's that's his team, right? Uh I'm gonna say we beat Mini? Minnesota and we lose to Brooklyn and we lose to Milwaukee. So what is that? Three and five, I think I have us at during that stretch. That's one, one, two, one, three, four, five, two, six, seven, eight. Three. Yeah, three and five. Three and three and four. Three and four. Three and four. I think I think three and four, they're probably gonna end up going oh and seven. <laughs> oh my god and then we'll all be just depressed happy. we'll be really happy <laughs> yeah just that i mean look that's that's why these next two games are really important even though it's early in the season because it's like that stretch right after is brutal. brutal yeah brutal stretch um so you want to bank those wins get to three and one and then you're like look you got seven games after that if you go Let's say you four. go two and five on. If you go two, two and, four, and five on that stretch, okay. you're five and six. You'd be all right. Cool. Now let's let's start getting some easier games here. Yeah, we got the Pistons, Thunder, and the Jazz right after that. Those should be. I mean, with the Jazz, the Jazz they're not tanking. I guess this year. No, they're ta- <laughs> they're they'll tank. They're that's gonna happen. So they're gonna start putting guys on ice, and yeah, it'll it'll happen. He's gonna start trading some of these motherfuckers. <laughs> Come on, man. You know he's not trying to win. Basketball games with fucking Lori marketed and Colin Sexton, and he does that. Get the fuck out of here! Everybody knows that was not the plan. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's very important that we do win those that Orlando Charlotte stretch right there. Those are two Wemby sweepstakes potential candidates. Um, more than likely, special stays. I mean, Charlotte is about to start Dennis Smith Jr. Their next game because. Terry Rozier is out and LaMelo Ball is out. So we got to be Charlotte if they're playing Dennis Smith Jr. coming into MSG. Oh, oh, I mean, yeah. that's just like, that's just like a, that's just, this is a game that Brunson should, should, should drop like 30. He should oh, drop yeah. 30 with ease. Um, in Orlando, I mean, Orlando's Orlando. Paolo Bancaro has been amazing so far. They're just a weird matchup for us because they're so big. And I feel yes. like like that's what we struggled. We, we struggled with that last year against Toronto. We struggled with that against Memphis the this last three times we played them. We struggled with that against them, obviously, in the opener. Um, 
length. And we struggled with that against Orlando last year. They beat us twice at the Garden. Um, like that, it is a it is definitely an issue for us. So it'll be interesting to see how they they cope. Like Randall was pretty bad in both those games against Orlando last year at the Garden. He was bad in some of those Charlotte games. Yeah, he was awful. In all Charlotte. of the in all the Charlotte games, the one game that we won was the the one he was out. Yeah, uh, but like. I mean, look, his the guy that gave him problems isn't on the team anymore. So, he's in jail. Um, yeah, he he's be. yes, exactly. He's he's exactly where he should be. Uh, um, but yeah, that you've got to win the next two. You just have to. Like it just is, if I think this team is good. I think this team can go forty three and thirty nine. Maybe I'm even are selling that short. But like, if they're gonna do it, you got to win games like this. Orlando and Charlotte at home. Those guys. Those have to be wins. Definitely. <clears throat> All right, so Hawkeye four twenty says it's two games, but shouldn't we be shouldn't we expect much better from RJ? Zero for three from three last night was a bit annoying. It definitely was annoying, um, especially 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 after the preseason where he was like what shooting fifty percent from three. He ended the preseason what like nine for eighteen from three or something like that. Um, but yeah, when you end the preseason on such a high note and then you come into the regular season and it's like the three point is not falling. Um, I like that he didn't take so many yesterday. Um, he went with what was working for him and he didn't force it. And I think that was part of why he looked so good yesterday is like he was in control. He didn't look like he was rushing anything. He didn't like he was forcing anything like he did in that Memphis game. But um, yeah, I, I'm not too worried about it. It, it, is a, it is a bit annoying. I will say that. Like, I agree with you there, but I don't, I don't think it's something that we should be too concerned of just yet. It's just two games. But I'm just wondering how you feel about that. <clears throat> Um, <clears throat> should we accept I, I don't care about the shooting that much. Like, not in that I don't care. Like, I just expect him not to just miss every three forever. I care more about, like, the decision-making mm-hmm. on when he drives, when he puts the ball on the floor. Um, And I'll say this. I think forget the three-point shooting because that, that'll come. I'm not worried about that. The pull-up shooting for him is still, like, a major concern. Uh, he had a wide open one yesterday that like it just looked like he didn't want to take it. Like he, it just looked clunky, the process coming in and out of it. it. I don't know. It just didn't look great. He's obviously that's been a issue for him. Uh, Mid range in general has been a problem for him. The floater as <laughs> might have the worst floater I've ever seen. Uh, worst touch of the floater ever. But like to me, it's more about are you making good decisions when you put the ball on the floor once you get inside the paint once you get inside the arc, like when you're driving. And that's why the Memphis game to me was so annoying. It was so annoying because he decided like, you know, maybe he was, cause he's guarding John. John was going off and, Oh, I gotta like, I gotta get my points up. And it's just like, dude, just how about player game? Yeah. Player game. How about don't force up terrible shots at the rim and like pass to wide open teammates because you've collapsed the defense and two guys are now on you. Like, like those are the things that piss me off more than always oh, shooting poorly from three, and that's why yesterday I was so happy with how he played. I thought he was like he played within himself. He didn't force anything. His passing in the first quarter was awesome. Oof, created, yeah, he he, he created super quality looks multiple times for for the big guys, and um, that's what you want to see. Like that's so that to me is like when you say like, exp- like yes, I expect him to shoot better. But like, I literally expect that to happen, right? I'm not worried about it if he misses every three he takes for a couple of games. It's it's the decision making. That's the stuff that like that. There's no excuse for that to not be good consistently. That's not about like, oh, he just missed some shots today. That's like 
motherfucker, just make the right play. That's not a hard, I'm not holding you to a high bar. Just make the right play consistently. And, you know, those things will bear out. So, um, that's, that was more, that was really annoying for me against Memphis. I was happy to see him bounce back against Detroit. I would like to see how he does against Orlando. Orlando is a team that's given him problems with their length. Um, let's see, let's see how he reacts. Yep. All right. Um, Brent, what's up, Brent? Um, with our offense, who can you expect to add off the dribble three point shooting? Brunson should be that guy, but given his playmaking driver responsibilities, I can't see him doing it. I mean, he's going to anyway, right? Because he's not going to fall yeah. on his hands. Mm-hmm. But quickly, Rose seems to be like, I mean, he was adding it last year. He's definitely been happy to pull the trigger a few times this year. Maybe a little too much. Like, I'm like, dude, maybe, I don't know. Dial it back a little yeah, bit. Relax a little bit. But he, he, look, it's fine. I'm fine with him taking those shots. Um, so maybe Rose. I think Grimes can. I was just about to say him, yeah. I think he, he, he looked like he was adding it during summer league. It looked like that was yeah. something that he was trying to add to his game. And that, and that was something that he was good at in college, too, his last year at Houston. So that's probably, those are probably the four guys. I will say, like, RJ, I know he didn't shoot well from three off the dribble last year. He looks way better taking off the dribble threes than he ever does to me taking off the dribble mid-range jumpers. Um, so maybe RJ. Maybe RJ can be another guy. If he can be another guy, that would be massive. If RJ Huge. Barrett can hit our off the dribble three-point three point jumpers, we are we are doing well. We are cooking. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean... I'm just thinking, is there any other player on the team that we would want to see doing it? Because there are some players that want to do it, but do we want them doing it is the thing. Julius? Uh, him, he's taken quite, he's taken his fair share of off the dribble threes. Um, his standstill threes have been okay so far. Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with it. Um, and also just, he just needs to take them. Like keep the defense offense, yeah, honest. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, we don't want to see number zero taking that many dribbles do we <laughs> yes um yeah exactly yeah we don't want to see the reserve taking that many dribbles um and yeah someone just said cam is not good at off the dribble threes yeah exactly i mean he just shouldn't dribble period because like that's just not conducive to winning offense um he's better at catch and shoot as well as just like you know attacking a closeout one dribble gets in a cup all that good stuff um let's see the comments we have Tyrese saying RJ was passing like Schwinn at the wreck. I guess that's a compliment to you. Um, yeah, is that <laughs> that thank you? That's the nicest thing Tyrese ever said to me. <laughs> um, Taz, okay, Taz says, Did y'all hear Randall say he's playing faster because Thibs instituted a system of bla- of ball player movement? Maybe his improvements is mostly be about something as simple as coaching. I did not hear this, but interesting to to note of uh yeah i didn't i didn't hear that um but i will say you he's been you can hear him screaming like move the ball like he's he's definitely bellowing out commands uh on the sideline as he likes to do but i I will look they said they said this last year we're gonna play faster didn't hold up he actually pulled the handbrake on I think after those losses, that loss to Orlando, they they played a lot slower for a while after that. Also, their transition defense was really bad at the start of last season. That's mm-hmm. something to keep an eye on. Um, it's been pretty bad so far this year, yeah, too. Yeah, especially the starting group, again, which is the problem. Uh, so that's something to keep an eye on, I think. And that's a reasonable thing. Like, like this is the thing. Yes, 
if your transition defense sucks, I completely understand why you want to slow the pace down. And, you know, I get that. What is annoying is like, if, if we do that is if like, he just doesn't ever try Grimes in the starting lineup. I think he is going to, just to be clear, I'm not saying he's not going to, I actually mm-hmm. think he will, but like, like the solution might not be, we have to change how we're trying to play. The solution might just be, maybe I should play a different lineup. So um, I think that's definitely something to keep track of, but like, yes, it is encouraging to see them play as fast as they have been, move the ball as they like, as they have been. And, um, you know, again, I, I keep saying this, which is crazy, but got to give tips credit. <laughs> rare words around here gotta give thibs credit we'll definitely not be hearing me say that till at least game 45 um but yeah let's get to some more questions comments Mm, let me see also if you're here subscribe subscribe to the channel we are almost at 400 subscribers help us out over here you know on the road to one one thousand one k so that would definitely help us if you subscribe Leave a like as well. Helps the video, you know. Um, whatever the YouTube algorithm is, liking the video will definitely help. So help us out there as well. Uh, let me see. Um, Jordan Bub. Okay, I guess this is a match. A question for our upcoming game against Orlando. Who would you choose to guard Franz Wagner and Paolo Bancaro of the Magic? Because I can see Fournier getting cooked by Suggs or being targeted and rightfully so as a weak point of the Nick Nick defense. I mean who I like this is this is one of those matchups where I'm just like I have no idea who 48 is going to be on or who he should be on. Um I guess I would I would put RJ on Franz and then I would put I put Randall on Bunkero. Yeah. Um and then I don't even know who's the who, who, who's the rest of the starting lap. Suggs and is Cole, Cole Anthony starting? Cole Anthony. Oh um, god. Yeah, I mean, I guess Wendell Carter. I I guess I would live. Is Bamba starting this year? Or is Carter playing the five? Carter. Okay, so yeah, Mitch Mitch can play his draft classmate. Um, I guess, I guess you put Fournier on Suggs. I I mean, I I don't love it. I'll be honest, I. Very skeptical that will go well for him. Um, Suggs has actually looked pretty good the first couple of games. Um, yeah, and then you put Brunson on on Cole Anthony. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It's not really like that last part where you have to figure out where to put Brunson and Fournier isn't great, but yep. that's, that's what we have. Because Grimes is hurt. Um, Menno F., do you think the team makes a trade involving a young player and or a pick by the deadline? Um, hopefully not. Um, I the most likely trade I would like to see is a vet, whether it be um Rose or Fournier, um, get back some type of draft capital, whether it be like a second round pick or something like that. So you're but, cool with Randall though. That's nice. No, I'm not. I'm just <laughs> like I already I've I've already accepted that he is like Teflon to this team apparently, and he is not going anywhere. So how do you gonna... like host a show with Tyrese, man? It's just <laughs> you, you, I I have to go to the extreme to like match his extremeness. Like <laughs> he was wearing a Randall jersey on opening night. So. Oh my god! Yeah, who gets a Randall jersey? <laughs> right, you could donate to that money to charity or something. Come on, man, do better, Tyrese. 
then here he comes saying victory in the chat. <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah. Um, I yeah, so I I'm not even including him into like my, you know, fantasy of like who would go. But yeah, I, I think the most realistic outcome is Fournier or Rose being shipped out. And I think it also depends on team record, because if they see that Rose is someone that's contributing to the winning here and they want to keep him, then they're probably most likely going to keep him. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I would say. I just don't. I really don't like they've made two moves. They've made like three trades in season so far. One of them was getting Derrick Rose, mm-hmm. which they ran them nothing. They got him for Dennis Smith Jr. in a second round pick. Um, and then they traded Austin Rivers and Ignis Presdakis, uh for the 58th pick. Uh, and what's his name? That French big man that they immediately waved. Vincent Poirier. Yeah, yeah there you go. Um, and they got the 50th pick, which was Jericho Sims. Good trade. Then last year they traded Knox and a protected first for Cam. And that was it. They didn't make any other move. Um, I don't – maybe they'll make a move. I think the only move – I really don't expect them to trade any of these young guys. Like maybe if Cam is playing well, but they're not like committed to paying him or they don't think they want to pay him, mm-hmm. I could see them trading him for like a first or something like that. But – I don't think they're just going to move him for a couple seconds. I'll tell you that much. And I'm not sure that he's going to warrant anything. He's not going to, I don't think he's going to play enough minutes to warrant, even if he's playing well, I don't think he's going to play enough minutes to warrant getting a first from another team. So I don't think they'll move him for a couple seconds. And if he's playing well, why the hell would they trade him? Um, I think Fournier is the one guy. I don't know. I just, it just feels like it makes sense to trade him because if they love Grimes as much as they do, like th- I mean, and this this all falls on Reddish, right? Like if Reddish is playing well, we know they love Grimes. Mm-hmm. I think they'll trade Fournier because he just makes the most sense to trade at that point. Yeah. Um. So you know maybe maybe they would trade Deuce if they feel like, hey, we can get a, a second for him, and he just doesn't really have a role here moving forward. So let's give him an opportunity somewhere, and let's get a future pick out of it. Um. I could see them doing that also. Okay, okay, fair, fair, fair. Um, Tyrese over here, like, salivating at Julius Randle or whatever in so the comments. So nasty. <sighs> Ugh, just such a gross human being, Tyrese. Just grow up, like, come on. <laughs> um, Sean V says, should we look to, should we still look to trade Randle if he increases his value? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. This is the trickiest question. Uh, This is the hardest thing. This is the hardest thing because there has been a logical kind of argument that the Knicks would have been stupid to trade Randall in the offseason because it would have cost them assets that had to attach something for him or that they would have gotten just really absolutely nothing for him. Maybe he'd get some expiring contracts. So you have to rehab his value and then you can trade him for value. But once you have rehabbed his value, will you have the balls to trade him? That is the hardest thing to do. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. I would suspect some of that hinges on how good Obi is playing. If Obi's playing really well, then maybe they're just like, yeah, fuck it. We don't care. Like Randall's good, but 
we just need to see what this kid can do in bigger minutes. And Randall, he's rehabbed his value now, and now we can get like a, a pick for him, a legitimate pick or something. Maybe they would do that. Um, but like, it's it's tough. Like, should we? I think we should. But it's it's hard to just answer that in absolutes because so much of it is dependent on all the circumstances, right? If Obi's playing poorly and Randall's playing well, should the Knicks still try to trade Randall? Probably not. If Obi's playing great and Randall's playing fine or good, should the Knicks trade Randall? I don't know. That's a tricky question. If it it is tricky, right? Because it's like if the team's winning, let's say the team is winning, like we're having a good season, does it make sense to trade Julius Randall? Depends on how you look at it. Like if you're if you're willing and okay with like, well, if we trade Randall, we might take a hit this season and maybe we drop out of a play in or playoff spot. And if you're okay with that, fine. But if that's the risk you might run. Yeah, I'm 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 okay taking that risk. I'm okay taking that risk. I don't know if the Knicks will be okay taking that risk. Um I, I also don't know if the Knicks want to really like ruin chemistry at that point in the year if they don't want to ruin the vibes of the team because you know that's something that has been a big a big thing these last couple of years. Um you know we had the big vibes great vibes with Theo Pinson, you know energetic all over the bench last year you know we had Grundle and his vibes ruling the team so you know if the team is like really flowing and and they're winning and he's 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 somewhat a part of that I'm sure the team would look into like saying okay we don't want to ruin this because you know going forward it could like you know ruin our perception around the league or whatever however the 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 Knicks think teams view them for whatever bullshit they pull whatever it is um but yeah um and that kind of relates with um these next two comments that are right after um where Dirty Dancer says if we trade for Jay Crowder Thibs will send OB to the Shadow Realm um <laughs> dude I don't want Jay Crowder I I've like like yes if maybe we just traded Randall for like Crowder's contract or whatever, that's fine. But like, I fucking hate Jay Crowder. So I hate him so much. I'm sure if you go search his name under my handle, you will find a lot of tweets about just like how much I fucking hate him. Um, he is the most annoying player. I can't believe this bum ass loser is like sitting out to demand a trade. Like, who are you? Fuck you. Um, I just no, like, absolutely not. I hate him. I, I, and if, if, if we trade for Jay Crowder and that man is starting over Obi Toppin, I will be very upset online about it. That's what I will, I will do. But I'll be very, I'll be so pissed. I cannot stand Jay Crowder. Um, so please, please don't trade for him. And if you do, please definitely don't play him over Obi. I, I, I actually did search up his name under your tweets <laughs> i'm reading them right now jay crowder manages to be annoying no matter where he plays very true that was from two years ago still very true <laughs> i can't stand him i have always hated him and jay crowder is such a it. fake tough guy <laughs> he is he, he is, is. <laughs> all of these are true i had one from september about him crying about like you know, hard work and all this shit. I was like, you're literally Jay Crowder. Nobody cares, dude. <laughs> the best, the best Jay Crowder related like Nick's thing had to be 
the um the 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 cold water situation at at the garden after his scuffle with um with Marcus Morris and Alfred Payton. Remember that? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh god. I mean, that entire thing. That's like why Ja is such a he's so corny and such a loser. Is like <laughs> it's like dude, you act like he talks so spicy on Twitter, and then it's like you watch that clip, and he's just like. He gets tossed around yeah. like a rag doll. Yeah, and then he like slinks away. Like he like just goes, like slides out. He just, I, He's like, never mind. I don't I, want to get, you know, punched in the face. Dude, that watching that game at ESPN was brutal. If I had to oh, look at him with the sun. This is so cute. Like, no, I don't care. I don't care about how he is with the sun. I certainly don't care. They showed like 15 highlights of him fouling Brunson, and they're like, oh my God great play even though it's a foul I'm like no that's not a great play because it's a foul like it's a terrible play it's a terrible missed call and then you've got fucking writers writing fan fiction like oh my god they shouldn't even call that a charge like why why should they not oh call yeah he said oh what was it work working off he tweeted yeah. like um he said oh even when players make plays this spectacular it shouldn't be a, <laughs> they should call it a charge but they should still count the points like yeah, bro what yeah but it's also just like Oh, you're right. Ja doesn't get enough calls. So we need to, we need, we need to, more. yeah, we need to write rules to get him more favorable. Get, get out of my face, man. I, that <laughs> team, that entire team, talk about a team that just needs to be slapped in the face across the board. Just, I hate that entire team is so annoying. Santi Aldama was getting spicy. I'm like, you're literally Santi Aldama, dude. Get <laughs> out of here. Get out of here. I don't want to hear it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, a bunch of that that game pissed me off not only because of Santi Aldama, but like freaking John Concha out of nowhere just turns into freaking like Steve Novak over there. Every loose ball went to them. It was the most annoying game. Every loose ball went to them. They got every call. That John thing at the end of overtime, he clearly stepped out of bounds. And the ref is staring down. Like he's right there in line with him. How do you miss that call? How do you miss that call? It's just I I don't know. That game was ludicrous to me. That I I don't even want to talk about it. It was a rough night. It was. Um, Taz, with probably one of the best questions we will ever receive. <laughs> will Boomer Nick's Twitter ever appreciate IQ? So no. I was thinking about this. I feel like I'm getting close. I'm getting close to Boomer Nick's Twitter. You know, uh, <laughs> as you can see, I have I have not bought beard in a while. So the gray is coming in real nice on the beard. Uh <laughs> So do I count? Like, am I, am I old enough here? Like, are we, are we, and if so, like, I guess, yes, I guess. Yes. Um, no, I mean, will the old head, like we're talking about the old head thread basically. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. So if the, like, will the old head thread ever appreciate IQ? I don't know. I mean, I probably not. Like he's, there was they were writing fan fiction about like oh like he hates Cameron Reddish. Look at the way he looked at him. That's one. But like remember over the summer they were like or last year at All Star Break or something was like oh like John Morant's like popping bottles on a plane. Oh our like, team is so lame. Like yeah. these guys they have no personality. Shit like that. It was yeah, so, like, like, so they're weird. just making TikToks. Jaws like popping bottles. I'm like what is wrong with you? Like what? Are, <laughs> you think guys in the NBA are like oh man gotta go yeah I gotta go play in fucking Memphis. Because because Jaws popping bottles, like, get out of here, man! It's Memphis. No, nobody's dying to go play in Memphis. I don't care if they're running up any chimneys. I don't care how much you know. We don't duck the smoke yet. Shut up! You're always ducking the smoke, Ja. Fucking running away from Alfred Payton. Get out of here, you loser! Oh my god! Um, no, I think 
will they ever if if quickly he's like legitimately putting up 27 and 7 every night they'll appreciate him but like if you're like if he's you know if he's played 25 minutes and he's giving you 12 5 and 5 they're gonna be like and give it like oh, i don't care the metrics don't matter i we're not at practice i like just you know I, i'm an eye test guy i'm like are you are you an eye test guy because maybe your eyes are broken. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Um, no, they're not going to. That's the answer. They'll never appreciate him. Uh, and I think it's even the funnier thing for me with the boomers is like how triggered they still are. If you mention Frank, that's actually the best thing. That is, uh, like, it's like yeah. garlic to a vampire. It's yeah, like, ah! it's it's great. So if you really want to piss them off, just like say anything pot. Like if like when Frank played well in the Western Conference Finals, they were still like. Oh, it doesn't matter. Alfred Payne was better. I'm like, well, Alfred Payne's not playing in the league like, anymore. Finals, so, right is he not in the league right now? He's not. That's that sucks. For <laughs> um, but it's good for my agenda, I guess. I don't know. I feel bad for him, but like, I just I don't. He's know made plenty of money. He's yeah. fine. Yeah, I just I don't know what people were seeing in Alfred Payne. It's just like, guys, I I don't care about his rim pressure. Like, no, he's not good. All the numbers say he's not good. My eye test tells me he's not good. He's not good. I don't care. <laughs> Uh, Menno F says they said the same thing about the Hornets roster and half of them are felons. <laughs> yeah, man. Just no oh, Miles Bridges. He drinks purple drink. Look at this guy. <laughs> He's he got a, everybody's lining up to, to go do fucking rap videos with him. You gotta be kidding me. These guys, it's just crazy. Like, you know why anybody would want to go play in Memphis? Cause they're like, Oh, they got a good roster. I think Jaws a really good player. That would be why I highly yeah, doubt I- I don't think it's because they're popping bottles no. on a private jet. No, I, I <laughs> like, don't. You can do that on any team in the league. Yeah, they're they're all millionaires, guys. Literally, all of them are millionaires. They can all pop bottles. They can all go get bottle service every weekend if they want, and be fine. They, it does not matter. Um, that's hilarious that they did say that about the Hornets. That team is just <laughs> racking up mess. They're just racking up prison minutes over there. <laughs> You got freaking James Book Knight over here with four DUIs in 12 months. Like, talk about getting the wrong records over there. Well, Book Knight, and then you've got what? Uh, obviously, Miles. Then you got Pete. Like, I, are there no vets on that team? Like, what's happening there? The PJ vets Washington. Are... They got like, he's getting, you know, he's getting already paying like half his money is gone for the rest of his life. Like, <laughs> what's happening? Support. Yeah, what's happening, guys? Take care. Um, like this is this is what I will say this. Like I think the Knicks had done a good job with this. Even if we get annoyed by some of that stuff, is like they've done a good job of having the right guys. Yeah, having vets like that that are good that have been around the league and can give these guys good advice. And like whether you know over the offseason, I said I would trade uh, Derek Rose. Right, I I was all about that because I mm-hmm. just figured that was a way to like cut the Three rotation down. But but regardless of that, like I mean, Rose is clearly a vet that these guys respect, and he obviously has command of the locker room in a way he, he he definitely has an influence on them and he's been a good influence on them. and and brunson's been like sort of like a young vet to these guys yeah, too like yeah. he's he's like a young guy like the rest of this team but like he's also like a vet because his basketball resume has like been already so accomplished at this age the two national championships at villanova being such a great point guard there i mean doing what he did in the western conference playoffs um this past year killing donovan mitchell um but yeah, these guys they they respect um guys like Brunson as well. I think as long as you're like accomplished in this league somewhat or accomplished in basketball, you're gonna earn some type of respect um from NBA locker rooms. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
Um, Sean V asks, what areas do you think IQ does need to improve in? Um, I think so. Actually, he had one assist yesterday. I forgot who tweeted this out. It might have been um, Tom Piccolo. I think he might have tweeted this out. A uh, video of him making he made a kept his dribble alive and then made a left hand pass to the corner to Derrick Rose for a three. That was great. That is very specifically something I've talked about um, on probably seven thousand pods this summer. Um, his offhand dribbling, offhand ball handling, offhand finishing, passing, whatever you want to call it, just his ability to use the ball with his left hand, that's massive. If he can improve that, that opens up a shit ton of stuff for him. Uh, I liked seeing him take mid-range jumpers yesterday. Like, not just floaters, but actual mid-range jumpers. I would like to see more of that. That would be something. Uh, and then, obviously, like, we know this, um, finishing at the rim. Like, getting to the rim, finishing at the rim. Those are things he has to get better at. Um, and, you know, just overall. Oh, and then obviously very specifically, like force feeding the ball to Cam Reddish. <laughs> I was just literally yeah. about to say that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would, I need to see him just like, like he's got to treat Cam Reddish like Cooper Cup. Just spam <laughs> him the entire game. We're just running crossers for Cam Reddish the entire game. Uh, no, like, like, look, I, I, the Cam thing is like, do I understand Yes, he, he's missed Cam Reddish on a few passes, for sure. There's no doubt about it. But, like, they have not played together much. He has really good chemistry. They, look at who he passed to yesterday a lot, right? Obi Top and Derrick oh, Rose. Yes. Why? He's played with those guys for two years running. I don't think anybody would have thought last year. Maybe you didn't think quickly was good enough passer or whatever. But, like, I don't remember anybody being like, oh, he's freezing out Alec Burks. No, because he's played with Alec Burks for a long time. Like, he's played with him. Since he was a rookie, they played for two years together. They have a good understanding. They have good chemistry. Like, it, this shit takes time. Cam Reddish has not played with this team for a while, okay? He needs, quickly needs to play with him. He needs to play with quickly. They all need to play together. And I promise you, in like 10 games, this entire thing is going to seem even stupider than it seems now. Um, I don't think there's anything about their skill sets or play styles that they can't play together. I don't think quickly is actively looking him off. You know, I, I don't, I don't know. We well, know, you why. know, there was this one point in the game where, you know, he gave everyone daps, but he didn't dap up Cam Reddish. So, you know, <laughs> is that a thing that happened yesterday? Apparently allegedly, mm-hmm. but who knows what these people in their fan yeah. fictions, it could have been something they imagined in their heads. Yeah, I just, it's stupid. Um, I think they'll be fine. I think he just needs, he didn't pass to heart and sign either. Like he doesn't have yeah, a good, he doesn't know where to find him. He doesn't yeah. know these guys spots. Once he knows these guys spots, it'll become like, so easy for him to know where they are, where he wants to give them the ball, yeah, where they want the ball. And it's also it's also them, right? Like they have to understand, like, because let's be honest, quickly is a weird player to play with. He's like very jitterbuggy. And yes, he has moments of like over dribbling for sure. Mm-hmm. So it's like you have to like figure out, okay, what's he gonna do? Where but so it's both sides of this are figuring each other out. It'll be fine. It's gonna be fine. Uh, I'm not worried about it. And um, yeah, as far as like what quickly needs to improve, I think, you know, again, ball handling with his offhand, especially um, finishing at the rim and just like also like just better shot selection, like just take better shots. Good. Yeah. Sean he, V says it's for him. It's decision making and shot selection. Yeah. Yep. There you go. There like, are some I, times I, where he can like get ahead of himself and like there are some points where like he will take a shot just because like he hasn't made some in a while. So he's trying to get himself back into rhythm, which RJ also has a bad habit of doing. Um, 
but yeah, I think also that he does need to work on the shot selection, which kind of goes in hand with the decision making part of it. Yeah, but yeah, he gets like you could tell yesterday, even like it didn't matter because we were playing Detroit, but he had a couple of like forced passes to Obi. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like you can tell like he was playing well, the garden was like buzzing, it was, yeah, it was buzzing, and you could tell he was like trying to take the roof off, he was like trying to make the play that was going to just like get that place to explode. And it's like he like he he plays off the energy of the crowd well, but like sometimes that can go against him. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, look, we've seen him obviously play well in critical situations, um, not just yesterday against the bad Pistons team, even though that's what some people believe. Uh, but like the Miami yeah. game last year did not happen. Apparently, it didn't happen. None of these on the road versus a none, playoff team that went to the Eastern Conference Finals. None of the fourth quarters he's ever had against numerous good teams matter. Apparently, uh, yeah, I think decision making, shot selection—that's probably the best way to sum it up. It, and I, and again, I for me, offhand ball handling, passing, however you want to phrase it, but like controlling the ball with his left hand—that mm, okay. stuff is is massive for him. That, I mean, that pass to Rose in the corner yesterday—he he literally, if he. I think Schwinn froze out. But to continue what you're saying, um, that pass from Rose, I mean, two rows from quickly. I think he, Schwinn was going to say that that's a pass that probably he wouldn't have made during his first year or at least his first two years in the league. Um, but yeah, um, while Schwinn figures out his internet situation. Yo. Oh, I am back. You are back? Okay. Yeah. What were you saying? I was. All I was going to say is that that left-hand pass, like, if he tries to make, if Rose is open in the corner last year, okay? He doesn't make open that the pass. Corner, if, he, if he made that pass, he would have had to bring it back to his right and then made it. Mm. And, like, that sounds stupid, like, it does, but it's like, that would take an extra, what, half a second? But like Defense recovers. Yeah, half a second in the NBA is... It's, it's like, like a minute. That. Yeah. So, like, the fact that he, he, he passed that open with his left, I mean, that's that's a massive play for him. And obviously like it was one play you want to see, can we, are we going to see that more, more and more? Like if we see that a few times now in the next few games, that's going to be awesome. That'll be a very big improvement for him. Yep, definitely. And I think one of the last questions we'll get to as we, you know, wrap things up, unless anyone else has some extra questions. If you have any questions, definitely leave them on. We will try to stay on for, you know, a little bit longer. Um, Taz says, is Brunson better than you thought? For me, uh, I would say, I guess a little bit. I guess I didn't watch that much Mavs games. I'm not like a like an avid Dallas Mavericks watcher in my spare time. So I, I wasn't really like crunching Jalen Brunson film. Um, as many people knew last year when, you know, the rumbling started, I was more of like, you know, keep IQ. I thought IQ can, you know, do a pretty good job of handling the one. Um, but I, 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 I am pleasantly surprised at how well Brunson has been for this team and how much he has impacted so far. So I am, you know, I do like, I, I, I'm happy to be wrong there. So. Um, I am not that surprised. Like I was kind of, how do I put it? Um, I did not want to sign him initially because I just wanted them to give quickly the keys and I wanted to have a year where we just see what these kids do and let the chips fall where they they might. Once it became obvious they were signing Brunson, I didn't really have a problem with it because he's a, and like the more I thought about it, 
it was fine. Like he's a good point guard. He is a good two point scorer, which this team has been dead last in the last two years in the NBA. He is efficient, which obviously was a major problem for us last year, especially from our, let's be honest, both of our high highest usage guys, Randall and RJ. Um, mm-hmm. And he's up, he's in his prime. He's literally 26 years old. Like if you're going to not, like you can't pass up on signing a guy like that, I guess is the way I think of it. Um, I think he's really good. And am I surprised that like, is he, is he better than I thought? I don't think so. I think he's, I was pretty convinced. I, I was skeptical of him up until that playoffs last year. And once he had a good playoffs, I was like, all right, there's no questions. This guy's a damn good player. I'm fine with it. Like you don't score 40 points. or You don't go to Utah and score, drop 40 points in a playoff game, you know, just because they're a bad defense and like, no, like, yeah, they're a bad defense, but like you, it's the playoffs. First of all, yeah, uh, high and, leverage. Yeah. And you went there and without Luca on the floor, you put on a show and you won your team a game. I mean, you can argue he kind of won them the series, right? Because they're down one. much Luca missed the first two games. They're down one. Oh, then he goes off the next two games. Best player on the team carries them to two wins. Like Luca comes back. Obviously they win six games, but like he was, and he was damn good. He he was really good in that series. He was really good against Phoenix. I was actually, I was worried about the Phoenix series for him because I was like, they have like longer wing defenders. I was like, I don't mm-hmm. know how I was going to handle this. First game, first couple games in Phoenix, he struggled. He's really good after that. Um, and then he was really good against Golden State offensively. So like, is he better than I thought? I don't think so. I thought I was already convinced he was pretty damn good. Um, and he's probably like, you know, Eastern Conference. Yeah. He has a chance to be an all-star. That's for sure. Definitely. Um, since we have no more, you know, questions rolling in, shout out to everyone that pulled up. Thank you all for leaving questions for us to answer. We'll probably get to do these a lot more often throughout this year, you know, after various increments of games. Um, shout out to uh, Strickland merch. Make sure y'all go cop that. There is a link in the description. Um, also links to everything else Strickland related. Um, that is the Patreon, um, where you can have access to the discord where the conversation never ends as Schwinn likes to put it. Um, so there's that. And there's also links to the Twitter and the site. Make sure y'all check that out before y'all leave. Make sure y'all subscribe, leave a like again. Once again, it helps us as we are on our quest to 400 and then one K after that. Um, shout out to everyone that pulled up. We will definitely be, I will definitely be back for the post game show on Wednesday after our game versus the Magic. So that's Wednesday, right? Or is that Monday? Monday is Orlando. Monday is Orlando. Okay. Wednesday is the Hornets. My fault. So I will be back on <clears throat> Monday to recap that Magic game. Hopefully we come out with a W. Um, till then. Peace out. Thank you all for tuning in.